A PDF file with worksheets and planning tools accompanies this program. Simon & Schuster Audio presents Money. Master the Game. Seven Simple Steps to Financial Freedom by Tony Robbins. Read by Jeremy Bob and Tony Robbins. Hi, this is Tony Robbins. Dear listener, I want to thank you for getting this audio program and beginning this journey with me. I can promise you it's going to be an experience you will not forget. This has been a passion project for me, and I've worked on it for four years to bring people the best information possible from 50 of the smartest financial minds in the world. Frankly, I'm frustrated by how people are treated by a financial system that is not organized to put the investor first. And most people don't even think of themselves as investors. So I want to show you whether you're starting with next to nothing or if you have plenty of money, how to expand and truly become financially secure, independent, and free. And because I believe so much in it, I asked Simon & Schuster to let me do the first and the last chapter here because I want you to hear my voice, scratchy as it may be, and even the doctors told me not to do it, so you feel the emotion I have for this. So thank you for the journey, and I look forward to hearing from you, hopefully in social media, on the blog or my website, to understand and to hear what the kinds of impact and how you've changed your life as a result of this work. So let's begin, and it begins with two quotes. The future has many names. For the weak, it's unattainable. For the fearful, it's unknown. And for the bold, it's ideal. Victor Hugo. And our second one, to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Aristotle. Section one, welcome to the jungle. The journey begins with this first step. Chapter one, it's your money, it's your life, take control. Money's a good servant, but a bad master. Sir Francis Bacon. Money. Few words have the power to provoke such extreme human emotions. A lot of us refuse to even talk about money, like religion, sex, or politics. The topic's taboo at the dinner table and off-limits in the workplace. We might discuss wealth and polite company, but money is explicit. It's raw. It's garish. It's intensely personal and highly charged. It can make people feel guilty when they have it, or ashamed when they don't. But what does it really mean? For some of us, money is vital and crucial, but not paramount. It's simply a tool, a source of power used in the service of others and a life well lived. Other people are consumed with such a hunger for money that it destroys them and everyone around them. Some are even willing to give up the things that are far more valuable to get it, their health, their time, their family, their self-worth, and unfortunately, in some cases, even their integrity. But at its core, money is about power. We've all seen how money can have the power to create or the power to destroy. It can fund a dream or start a war. You can provide money as a gift or wield it as a weapon. It can be used as an expression of your spirit, your creativity, and your ideas, or your frustration, your anger, and your hate. It can be used to influence governments and individuals. Some marry for it, and then they find out the real price of money. But we all know that at some level, it's an illusion. 
Money isn't even gold or paper today. It's zeros and ones in banking computers. What is it? It's like a shapeshifter or a canvas. It assumes whatever meaning or emotion we project on it. In the end, money isn't what we're after, is it? I mean, think about it. What do we really, really want? What are the feelings and the emotions we think money will create for us? The feeling of empowerment or of freedom or security or of helping those we love and those in need? Or just of having choice or the feeling of being alive? Money is certainly one of the ways we can turn the dreams we have into the reality we live. But even if money is just a perception, an abstract concept, it doesn't feel that way when you don't have enough of it. I've been there, I bet you have too. And one thing's for sure, you either use money or it uses you. You either master money or on some level money masters you. How you deal with money reflects how you deal with power. Is it an affliction or a blessing, a game or a burden? When I was choosing the title of this book, a few people were actually outraged at the suggestion that money could be a game. How could I use such a frivolous term for such a serious topic? But hey, let's get real. As you'll soon see, the best way to change your life is to find people who are already achieving what you want and then model their behavior. You want to master your finances? Find a financial master and imitate what he or she does with money and you'll have found a pathway to power. I can tell you right now, I've interviewed many of the wealthiest people literally in the world, and most of them do think of money as a game. Why else would anyone work 10 or 12 hours a day after they've made billions of dollars? And remember something, not all games are frivolous. I tell people games are a reflection of life. Some people sit on the sidelines and some play to win. How do you play? And I want to remind you something. This is a game you and your family can't afford to lose. So here's my promise to you. If you'll stay with me and follow these seven simple steps in this book, the steps that have been distilled from the world's most successful financial players, you and your family will win this game, and you can win big. But to win, you have to know the rules, and you've got to learn the best strategies for success from those who've already mastered the game. The good news is you can save years of time and do it in just a few minutes by simply learning the pitfalls to avoid and the shortcuts to experience lasting financial success. The financial industry often works to make this topic feel incredibly complex, but in reality, once you get past the jargon, it's relatively simple. This book is your opportunity to stop being the chess piece and become the chess player in the game of money. I think you're going to be very surprised how, with just a little bit of an insider's understanding, you can easily transform your financial life and start enjoying the financial freedom you deserve today. Let's get to it. Just imagine right now, what would life be like if you'd already mastered this game? What if money didn't matter? Think about it. How would you feel if you didn't have to worry about going to the office every morning or paying the bills or funding your retirement? What would it be like to live your life on your own terms? And what would it mean if you had the opportunity to start your own business or that you could afford to buy a home for your parents or send your kids to college or just have the freedom to travel the world any way you want in class, in style if you would? How would you live your life if you could wake up each day knowing there was enough money coming in to cover not only your basic needs, but also your goals and dreams? The truth is, a lot of us would keep working because that's how we're wired. But we do it from a place of joy and abundance. Our work would continue, but the rat race would end. We'd work because we want to, not because we have to. That's financial freedom. But the question you've got to have in your mind is, is it a pipe dream? Is it really possible for the average person, or more importantly for you, to make this dream into a reality? 
Whether you want to live like the 1% or just have the peace of mind knowing you won't outlive your savings, the truth is you can always find a way to make the money you need. How? The secret to wealth is simple. I tell it to everyone. I try to wake them up. Find a way to do more for others than anyone else does. Become more valuable. Do more. Give more. Be more. Serve more. And you'll have the opportunity to earn more. Whether you own the best food truck in Austin, Texas, or you're the top salesperson at your company, or even the founder of Instagram. But this book isn't just about adding value. It's really about how to go from where you are today to where you truly want to be, wherever that is financially, whether that's security or financial independence or absolute financial freedom. It's about increasing the quality of your life today by developing the one fundamental skill that the vast majority of Americans have never developed, the mastery of money. In fact, 77% of Americans, three out of every four people say they have financial worries, but only 40% report having any kind of spending or investment plan. You want to get something real scary? Try this on for size. One in three baby boomers have less than $1,000 saved. Polls show that fewer than one in four trust the financial system, and I say with good reason. I mean, stock ownership right now is hitting record lows, particularly among young people. But the truth is, you'll never earn your way to freedom. You'll see later in this book, even multi-million dollar earners like the Godfather director Francis Ford Coppola or boxer Mike Tyson or actress Kim Basinger, they lost it all because they didn't apply the fundamentals you'll soon be learning. You have to be able to not only hold on to a portion of what you earn and keep it for your family, but more importantly, you got to multiply what you earn and make money while you sleep. Sound good? <laughs> That's what this book is really about. See, you have to make the shift from being a consumer to really becoming an owner. And when you do that, you become an investor. Actually, a lot of us are already investors. Maybe you got in the game, first of all, when your grandmother or grandfather bought you a few shares in their favorite stock just when you were being born. Or perhaps your employer auto-enrolled you in the company's 401k plan. Or maybe you first became an investor when a friend told you to forget the Kindle and buy Amazon stock instead. But is that enough? If you're listening to this right now, my guess is you know the answer is no way. I don't have to tell you, it's not your parents or your grandparents' investment world anymore. Their plan used to be so simple, right? Go to college, get a job, work your tail off, and then maybe get a better job with a bigger corporation. And after that, the key was find a way to add value, move up the ladder, invest in the company stock, and retire with a pension. Remember pensions? That promise of a never-ending income for life? They've become relics, haven't they? You and I both know that world's over. We live longer now on less money. New technologies keep coming online, stoking a system that often seems designed to separate us from our money instead of helping us grow it. In fact, as I speak these words, interest rates on our savings right now hover near zero, while markets rise and fall like corks on the ocean. Meanwhile, we're faced with a financial system with limitless choices and mind-boggling complexity. Today, there are more than 10,000 mutual funds and 1,400 different ETFs and hundreds of global stock exchanges to choose from. It seems like every day we're pitched more and more complex investment instruments with kind of an alphabet soup of acronyms, CDOs, REITs, MBSs, MLPs, CDSs, CETFs. How about WTF? How about HFT? That's short for high-frequency trading, where 50 to 70% of the tens of millions of trades that churn through the market each day are now generated. They're done by high-speed machines. What does that mean to you? Well, let me give you an example. It only takes a half a second 
or what they call 500 milliseconds, to click your mouse to complete your E-Trade order. In that short time, the big boys of the supercomputers will have bought and sold thousands of shares of the same stock hundreds of times over, making micro-profits with each transaction. In fact, Michael Lewis, the best-selling author of the HFT expose, Flash Boys, A Wall Street Revolt, told 60 Minutes, quote, The United States stock market, the most iconic market in global capitalism, is rigged. It's done by a combination of the stock markets, the big Wall Street banks, and high-frequency traders. They're able to identify your desire to buy shares in Microsoft and buy them in front of you and then sell them back to you at a higher price, end quote. How fast are these guys? Well, one HFT firm spent a quarter of a billion dollars to straighten the fiber optic cables between Chicago and New York, reconstructing the landscape and literally terraforming the earth to shave, get this, 1.4 milliseconds off its transmission time. Now, even that's not fast enough. Some trades are already taking place in microseconds. That's a millionth of a second. Soon HFT technology will allow those trades to begin in nanoseconds or a billionth of a second. Meanwhile, they're laying cable on the ocean floor, and there's even talk of solar-powered drones acting as microwave relay stations to connect exchanges between New York and London over the ocean. If all this leaves you reeling, I'm with you. What are your chances of competing with flying robots training at the speed of light? Where do you turn to find a path through this high-tech, high-risk maze of choices? An expert is an ordinary man away from home giving advice. Husker Wild. The problem is when it comes to money, and investing for that matter, everybody has an opinion. Everybody's got a tip. Everybody has an answer. But I'll give you a hint. They rarely have one that will really help you. Have you noticed how beliefs around money are like religion and politics? I mean, conversations get intense and emotional, don't they? especially online, where people without any real knowledge or any mastery will promote their own theories and will criticize other strategies with such vehemence, even though they've got no proven track record of their own. It's kind of like a psychologist on Prozac telling you how you can have a fulfilled life, or an obese person telling you how you can get thin and fit. They may be nice people, they might be sincere, they might care, but they haven't produced the result. See, I tend to separate pundits into those who talk the talk and those who walk the walk. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of hearing from all these experts who tell us what to do, but they haven't produced any extraordinary, magnificent gold medal results in their own lives. Now, if you thought getting this book, you were going to hear from another investment guru is going to make you some crazy promises, you came to the wrong place. I'll leave that to what I call the financial entertainers. You know the ones. They scream at you about buying the hottest stock, or they implore you to save your money and put it in some mythical mutual fund. You know the one where they promise you you'll get continually compounded interest of 12% annual growth every year for decades. Come on, it hasn't existed in decades. Look, many of these people dole out advice that too often has no basis in reality, and they often don't even invest in the products they push. Conversely, some of them might be really sincere. They think they're helping, but people can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. I want you to know I'm not one of those positive thinkers who's going to pump you up with some false view of the world. I believe in intelligence. You have to see things as they really are, but not worse than it is, because that view of life only gives you an excuse to do nothing. Now, I know you may know me from the past, 10, 20 years ago, as the smiling guy with the big teeth on TV, 
But I'm not here to tell you to do a bunch of affirmations. I'm the guy who's focused on helping you dig deep, solve real problems, and take your life to the next level. For 38 years, I've been obsessed with finding strategies and tools that can immediately change the quality of people's lives. And I've proven their effectiveness by producing measurable results where others have failed. So far, I've reached more than 50 million people from 100 different countries to my books, videos, and audio programs, and another 4 million people in my live events. What I've known from the beginning is that success leaves clues. People who succeed at the highest level aren't lucky. They're doing something different than everyone else does. And I'm interested in those people. I'm interested in those that have this, I don't know, relentless hunger, I'd call it. Those people that have got to grow and got to achieve. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not deluded. I'm aware there are very few people in the world who are fit and healthy and who sustain that. Most people don't have decades of sustained love and passion in their intimate relationship, nor do they experience ongoing gratitude and joy every day. There are very few people who maximize their business opportunities, and there's probably even fewer that start out with little or nothing and become truly financially free. But a few do. A few do have great relationships, great joy, great wealth, and endless gratitude. And I've studied the few who do versus the many who talk. If you want to look for obstacles, what's wrong is always available, but so's what's right. So I'm a hunter of human excellence. I seek out those individuals who break the norms and demonstrate to all the rest of us what's really possible. I learn what these few extraordinary individuals do that's different than everybody else, and then I emulate them. I find out what works, and then I clarify it, simplify it, and systematize it into a way to help people move forward and get the same quality of results. Ever since the dark days of 2008, when the global financial system nearly melted down, I've been obsessed with finding ways to help everyday people take control of their money and fight back against a system that often feels rigged against them. The fix has been in for years, and it hasn't gotten a whole lot better with all the so-called reforms on Capitol Hill. In some areas, it's gotten worse. To find answers, I decided to interview 50 of the most brilliant and influential players in the world of money. In this book, you won't get talking heads, and you won't get my opinions either. You're going to hear it straight from the masters of the game, self-made billionaires, Nobel laureates, and financial titans. Here's just a sampling of a few of the masters of money that you'll learn from. First, John C. Bogle, known as Jack to his friends. The 85-year-old sage who has 64 years of stock market history and is the founder of the Vanguard Group, the number one mutual fund in the world. How about Ray Dalio, the founder of the largest hedge fund on the planet, Bridgewater, which has $160 billion in assets, and Ray literally started with nothing. We'll learn from David Swenson, one of the greatest institutional investors of all time. He grew Yale's university endowment from a $1 billion endowment to $23.9 billion. Call it $24 billion. $1 to $24 billion in less than two decades. An unbelievable man. How about Kyle Bass, a man who took $30 million in investment money and turned it into $2 billion in just two years, all during the worst economic time we've gone through, the subprime crisis. Then we'll meet Carl Icahn, who's outperformed everybody, Warren Buffett, the market, and virtually everyone else in the last one, five, and ten-year cycles. We'll get a chance to meet Mary Callahan Erdos, who many consider to be the most powerful woman in finance. She oversees more than $2.5 trillion, that's with a T, trillion dollars, as the CEO of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. 
And finally, Charles Schwab, who led a revolution to open Wall Street to individual investors, and whose iconic company now has $2.38 trillion, again to T, under management, trillion. I'm going to put you in the room with these and many other superstars who get consistent results decade after decade in up markets and down, booms and busts. They always find the way to win. Together, we're going to uncover the core secrets to their investment success and show how that can apply to even the smallest amount of money, not billions, not even hundreds of thousands with the tiniest amount that you might be beginning with. But here's the key. I wrote this book based on timeless wisdom of the most successful investors in the world. After all, none of us knows which way the economy will be headed by the time you're hearing this book. Will there be inflation or deflation, a bull market or a bear? This book's focus is to show you how to survive and thrive in any market condition. The real experts are going to explain to you how. Plus, they'll be opening up their portfolios and literally showing us the exact mix of investments that they rely on to weather every storm. And they'll answer this question. I asked it to every one of them. If you couldn't pass on any of your financial wealth to your children, but only a set of principles or a portfolio, what would it be? That could be the greatest inheritance of all, and you don't have to be one of their kids to get it. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. Mark Twain. Get ready. Because together, we're about to go on a journey through seven simple steps to financial security, independence, and freedom. Whether you're a millennial just starting out, a baby boomer facing retirement, or a sophisticated investor looking to keep your edge, this book will offer you a practical blueprint for setting and achieving your financial goals, and it'll help you break free from whatever limiting behaviors might be holding you back from true abundance. Look, we're going to explore the psychology of wealth, something I've studied and taught for nearly four decades. We'll tackle the money mistakes people make, zeroing in on what keeps them from following through on their best laid plans. And to make sure you get the results you desire, I've gone to the best behavioral economists on earth to find solutions that really work. Small, simple adjustments that automatically trigger you to do what others need discipline to maintain. Strategies that can make the difference between retiring comfortably or dying broke. Let's face it. So many smart, accomplished people have put aside this area of money because it just seems so overcomplicated, so overwhelming, if you would. There's no such word as overcomplicated, is there? So I'll just say it's complicated and overwhelming. One of the first people I really gave this manuscript to, by the way, was a brilliant friend of mine named Angela, who's accomplished enormous mastery in many areas of her life, but never in the area of money. She told me that people thought she was amazing because she literally sailed 20,000 miles of ocean and some of the roughest seas on small sailboats. But she knew she neglected her finances and it embarrassed her. She told me, it seems confusing and I just felt like I couldn't be competent. I already felt like I was defeated before I started, so I gave up. And she said, it's not even my nature. But she found that by following these seven simple steps in this book, she could finally get control of her finances. And it was easy and truthfully painless. She told me, Tony, I figured out I could save for the future just by cutting a few things that really don't give me joy anymore. Things I've gotten used to just paying for, she told me. Once she started thinking about saving, she was able to set up an automatic investment account, and by Chapter 2.8, she'd already transformed her life. A few days later, she came in to see me and said, I got my first ever brand new car. Come check it out. I asked her, how'd you do it? She said, I began to realize that I was spending more money on my old car for repairs and gas than it cost me to finance a brand new car. You should have seen the look on her face when she pulled up in a shiny new pearlescent white Jeep Wrangler. 
<laughs> the smile was priceless. So what I want you to know about this book is it's not just about how to have a comfortable retirement, but also how to have an extraordinary quality of life today, living the life you desire and deserve today. Look, you can live life on your own terms today while you simultaneously lock in your future quality of life as well. The feeling of empowerment and inner strength and certainty that you're going to experience when you master this area of life will spill into every other part of your life, your career, your health, your emotions, your relationships. Why? Because when you lack confidence about money, it unconsciously affects your confidence in other areas too. But when you take charge of your finances, it empowers you and it excites you to take on other challenges quickly. So what holds us back from getting started on the road to financial freedom? Well, for a lot of us, like my friend Angela, it's that feeling that we're in over our heads. We've been taught to think that this is too complex or this is not my field. But frankly, the system is designed to be confusing so that you'll give up control to, quote, professionals who often reap enormous fees by keeping you in the dark. You're going to learn in the chapters ahead how to prevent that from ever happening to you. And most importantly, I'm going to show you how investing your way to freedom isn't confusing at all and something that you absolutely can make happen in your life today. And you can do it with the smallest amount of money possible to start with. And it's amazing how fast it can build with compounding. One reason people succeed is they have the knowledge that other people don't. You know, you pay your lawyer or your doctor for the knowledge and skills you don't have. They also tend to have their own special language, don't they? Something that at times can make them feel insulated from the rest of us. For example, in the medical world, you might hear that 225,000 people have died from, quote, iatrogenic deaths, end quote, in the past year. That's according to the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA as it's known. It's the third largest cause of death in the United States, iatrogenic. How's that for a $100 word? It sounds important, doesn't it? But what does it even mean? Is it a rare tropical disease, a form of Ebola, a genetic mutation? No, iatrogenic actually refers to an inadvertent death caused by a doctor or a hospital or an incorrect or unnecessary medical procedure. Now, why don't they just come out and say so? Because it doesn't serve a medical institution's interest to put in plain language that a layperson can understand. It might inflame them. It might make them fearful. After all, so many doctors and hospitals deal with so many people, there's a ratio that's going to happen. But knowing that it's the third largest cause of death might wake somebody up a bit, so it's not discussed. It's put in words that you don't understand. Now, the financial world has its own jargon, too, and with special words for things that are really just additional fees disguised in language that would make it impossible for you to realize that they're taking much more of your money than you'd ever imagine. I hope you'll let me be your translator as well as your guide on this journey. Because together, we're going to break the code. We're going to cut through the complexity that keeps most people feeling like outsiders in the world of finance. Plus, today, there's so much information that even the most sophisticated investor can feel overloaded, especially when we realize that what's being pushed on us often has nothing to do with our needs. Say you're having mild chest pains, and so you Google the word heart. What do you see? It's not something about the heart attack you might want to deal with right now. Instead, you get Heart, the music group that hasn't had a hit in 20 years. How does that help you? By the way, Heart, I love you guys. Don't take this personal. Now, my plan is to serve you by becoming your personal financial search engine, a smart search engine, one that will filter through all the superfluous, even harmful financial information out there and deliver to you the simple, clear solutions you need. Before you know it, you're going to be an insider, too. You're going to learn why, for example, how chasing returns, like trying to get the biggest return, never works. 
I'm going to show you why nobody beats the market long term. Well, nobody but except a few unicorns I'll introduce to you later in the book. And why the vast majority of financial experts aren't even legally responsible to put your interest in front of their own. Doesn't that sound insane? It's true, unfortunately, and you have to know or you'll get hurt. You're going to learn why the returns you see advertised by mutual funds, when you see what the returns that they say that you're going to get, those are not the returns you would have actually earned if you'd been investing at that time. It's wild. You're going to find solutions that could add literally millions of dollars to your lifetime of investing returns. And by the way, statistical studies show that you can save between $150,000 and $450,000 by just hearing and applying the principles of Section 2 of this book. It's not my number. It's the real thing. You'll be putting money back in your pocket and not in the what I call the fee factories. You'll also learn about a proven way of growing your money with 100% principal protection. That's right. You can't lose the money you put in, and you still get tax-free returns. This is IRS approved, and this vehicle is finally available to just individual investors like you and I, not just the ultra-wealthy. And here's what truly sets this book apart. I don't just tell you about investment strategies that ultra-wealthy people have and you can't afford or access. I found ways to make them affordable and accessible for you personally. Why should a privileged few be the only ones that tap into these extraordinary opportunities? Isn't it time we level the playing field? Remember, it's your money, and it's time for you to take back control. A moment's insight is sometimes worth a life's experience. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Sr. Now, before we go on, let me tell you what moved me to write this book. If you've watched any of the coverage of my work over the years, or if you've read or listened to any of my previous books, you probably know my track record for creating massive and measurable change, helping people lose 30 to 300 pounds, turning around relationships that seem to be at their end, you know, helping business owners grow their companies 30 to 130% in a year. I also help people overcome what most would see as enormous tragedies, from couples who've lost a child to soldiers coming back from Afghanistan with post-traumatic stress disorder. Listen, my passion is helping people create real breakthroughs in their relationships, in their emotions, in their health, their careers, and their finances. For nearly four decades, I've had the privilege of coaching people from every walk of life, including some of the most powerful men and women on the planet. I've worked with presidents of the United States as well as presidents of small businesses. I've coached and helped transform the performance of sports stars from the early days with Andre Agassi and Wayne Gretzky to today's superstars like Serena Williams. I've had the privilege to work with award-winning actors with the coolness of Leonardo DiCaprio and the warmth of Hugh Jackman. Top entertainers have tapped into my work from Aerosmith to Green Day, from Usher to Pitbull to LL Cool J, and billionaire business leaders as well, such as casino magnate Steve Wynn, who basically rebuilt Las Vegas, and the internet wizard Mark Benioff. In fact, Mark quit his job at Oracle and began building Salesforce.com after attending one of my Unleash the Power Within seminars in 1999. Today, it's a $5 billion enterprise, and it's been named the world's most innovative company by Forbes magazine for the last four consecutive years, beating Apple year after year. So obviously, my clients don't come to me for motivation. They got plenty of that already. What they come to me for are strategies to help them hit the next level and to keep at the top of their game. In the financial arena, since 1993, I've had the honor to coach Paul Tudor Jones, one of the top 10 financial traders in history. Paul predicted the October 1987 Black Monday crash. Do you remember it? 
It's still the largest single-day U.S. stock market crash by percentage ever. And while markets plummeted around the world and everyone else was losing their shirt, Paul as much as doubled his investors' money in 1987. He did it again back in 2008, bringing his investors nearly a 30% positive return while the market plummeted 50%. My job working with Paul is to capture the principles that guide all his decisions. Then I put them into a system that he uses daily and most importantly at critical times. I'm not some positive thinking coach. Quite the opposite. I'm a prepare for anything coach. And I've been in touch with Paul, tracking his trading every day through a roller coaster of market conditions. From the tech bubble of the late 1990s to 9-11. From growth in real estate to the collapse of the subprime market and the financial meltdowns of 2008 and early 2009. I've been there during the subsequent European debt crisis, as well as the largest one-day percentage crash in gold that's happened in the last three decades in 2013. In spite of the diversity of these financial challenges, in 28 full consecutive years, Paul has never had a single losing year. I've been working with Paul for the last 21 of those years. He's truly unmatched in his ability to find the way to victory. So I've had this privilege of being shoulder to shoulder with him while he made money consistently no matter how volatile the market. Through him, I've learned more about the real world of investing than anybody could possibly imagine learning and more than about making decisions in tough conditions than I could ever get from a 100 MBA courses. I've also been incredibly blessed to not only work with Paul during this time, but also consider him one of my dearest friends. I want to tell you what I love and respect about Paul most is he not only creates financial results for himself, but he's one of the most extraordinary philanthropists literally in the world. Over the years, I've watched him grow the Robin Hood Foundation from the simple idea of harnessing the power of free markets to alleviate poverty in New York into what Fortune Magazine now calls, quote, one of the most innovative and influential philanthropic organizations of our time, end quote. So far, Robinhood has distributed more than $1.45 billion in grants and initiatives, changing millions of lives in the process. I've also learned my own lessons along the way, some through pain of my own trial and error, which is what this book is designed to help you avoid as much as possible. I earned my own scars on Wall Street. I took a company public when I was just 39 years old, and I watched my personal net worth soar to over $400 million in a few weeks, just short of half a billion dollars. And then I watched it plunge back to earth with the dot-com crash of 2000. But that stock market correction was nothing compared to what we've all been through in the recent years. The meltdown of 2008 to 2009 was the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. Do you remember how it felt when it looked like our financial world was coming to an end? When the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 50%, dragging down maybe your 401k with it? When the bottom fell out in real estate and the price of your home may have plummeted by 40% or more? Millions of people lost the gains from a lifetime of hard work and millions more lost their jobs. During those terrible months, I received more phone calls from a greater variety of people needing help than ever before. I heard from my barber who couldn't put his kids through college anymore, and even some of my billionaire friends who literally lost half or more of what they'd built over decades of work starting with nothing. People would tell me that they were losing their homes, that their savings were gone. I don't know how to describe it. It just killed me inside because I know what this feels like. I mean, I've worked hard, and I've been blessed with financial success, but it wasn't always that way. Far from it. I grew up with four different fathers in California's dusty San Gabriel Valley. I can vividly remember as a kid not picking up the phone or answering the door because I knew it was there with the bill collector, and we had no money to pay him. 
As a teenager, I was embarrassed to have to wear school clothes that we bought for 25 cents at the thrift store. And as you know, kids can be pretty brutal when you're not hip. Today, the thrift store shopping would be a sign of coolness. Go figure. (laughs) And when I finally got my first car, a beat-up 1960 Volkswagen Bug, a car that had no reverse, so I had to park on a hill, and of course, there was never enough money for gas. Thankfully, I didn't buy into the theory that this is just how life is. If I had, I never would have changed. Somewhere inside of myself, I had to find a way to overcome my circumstances. And because of my own experiences today, I can't stand to see anybody else suffer. It makes me crazy. And 2008 brought more needless economic suffering than I'd seen in my lifetime. But in the immediate aftermath of the stock market crash, everybody agreed that something had to be done to fix the system. And I kept waiting for those promised changes to happen. But years later, it was still business as usual. And the more I learned about the roots of the financial crisis, the angrier I got. My personal tipping point came after I watched an Academy Award-winning documentary called Inside Job. It's narrated by Matt Damon, and it's all about the Wall Street gunslingers who took crazy risks with our money and nearly toppled the economy. Oh, and by the way, what was their penalty? We, the taxpayers, bailed them out, and somehow that same cast of characters were put in charge of the recovery. By the end of the film, I was seething with frustration, but I converted my anger into a question. What can I do? This book was the answer. There is no friend as loyal as a book. Ernest Hemingway It wasn't an easy decision. I haven't written a book in almost 20 years. Last year, on average, I was on a plane one out of every four days, traveling to more than 15 countries. I run more than a dozen companies and a non-profit foundation. I have four children, an amazing wife, and a mission I love and live. To say my life is full would be just a bit of an understatement. Both Unlimited Power and Awakened Giant Within, my two previous books, were international bestsellers, and that was enormously gratifying. But I hadn't felt compelled to write again until now. Why? I love live events. I love the total immersion experience, the immediacy, the flexibility of communicating with 5,000 to 10,000 people at a time, where we get to go deep. And I love keeping people's attention focused for 50 hours in a weekend. That's right, 5050. All this in a day and age when most people won't sit for a three-hour movie that someone spent $300 million on. I can vividly remember Oprah telling me that she loved my work, but she couldn't stay for more than two hours. And 12 hours later, she's standing on a chair shouting to the camera, this is one of the greatest experiences of my life. Usher told me he loved my work too, but certainly he couldn't last an entire weekend. Just like Oprah, he ended up having the time of his life. 50 hours later, he grabs me and says, this is like one of the greatest concerts of my life. He said, I was writing notes like crazy and you made me laugh my ass off. I guess I can say ass in an audio like this. I'm not offending you. Am I? Good. My live event experience is filled with so much emotion, music, excitement, profound insight, strategies, and people are using them while they're there. People are moved to massive action. They don't just think, they don't just feel, they change and they transform. And, you know, my body language and my voice are essential to that style of teaching. So I got to confess, when I sit down to write words on a page, I feel like there's a gag over my mouth and there's one hand tied behind my back. Heck, I found that I could reach more than 10 million people through one TED Talk alone. And I'm really glad, by the way, you're listening to this on audio, because at least you hear my craziness for a chapter or two. So what made me change my mind? Well, the financial crisis caused tremendous pain, but I think it made a lot of us reevaluate and think about what's most important in our lives, things that have nothing to do with money. It was a time to get back to basics, 
to the values that have sustained us through troubled times before. And for me, it made me remember my early days when I was sleeping in my car, homeless and searching for a way to change my life. How did I do it back then? Books. Books changed me. They helped to establish me. I've always been a voracious reader. And as a young man, I decided I was going to read a book a day. I took a speed reading course and I figured leaders are readers. But I didn't quite read a book a day, but over seven years, I did read over 700 books to find answers that I thought could help myself and other people. Books on psychology, on time management, on history, on philosophy, on physiology. I want to know just about anything that could immediately change the quality of my life or anyone else I had the privilege to touch. But the books I read as a child, as a very young man, as a teenager, made the deepest impression on me. They were really my ticket out of a world of pain, a world where I had no compelling future. When I read, it transported me to a realm of, I don't know, limitless possibilities. I remember reading Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay on self-reliance and the lines, There is a time in every man's education when he arrives at the conviction that envy is ignorance, that imitation is suicide, and that he must take himself for better or worse as his portion. Another favorite book of mine was philosopher James Allen's As a Man Thinketh which echoed the biblical proverb, as a man thinketh, so his heart will be. It came to me at a time when my mind was a battlefield filled with fear. He taught me that everything we create in our lives starts with thought. I devoured biographies of great leaders, great thinkers, great doers, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Carnegie, John F. Kennedy, Victor Frankl, and reading their stories made me realize that these great men and women of the world had experienced pain and suffering even greater than my own. They weren't just lucky or even fortunate. Somehow there was something in them, an invisible force that would not let them settle for less than they could do or be or give. And you know what? I realized that biography is not destiny, that my past did not have to equal my future. And finally, another favorite of mine was an American classic from 1937, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Hill spent two decades in the early 20th century interviewing 500 of the most accomplished individuals, from Andrew Carnegie to Henry Ford to Theodore Roosevelt to Thomas Edison, and he wanted to find out what made them tick. He discovered they all shared a relentless focus on their goals and had a combination of burning desire, faith, and persistence to achieve them. Hill's message that ordinary people could overcome any obstacle success gave hope to a generation of readers struggling through the Great Depression. And Think and Grow Rich became one of the best-selling books of all time. Napoleon Hill's quest has been an inspiration to me most of my life. And like his classic, this book is modeled on seeking out the best in the world, from Warren Buffett to Sir Richard Branson, and including the man experts in the field called the Edison of our day, Ray Kurzweil. Ray's the man who invented the first digital music synthesizers, the first software to translate text into speech. He's the man behind Siri on your iPhone. He developed a device that allows the blind to walk the streets and read road signs and also order from any menu. Today, Ray is head of engineering development for Google. But here's what I wanted to do different than Hill. I wanted to write a book that went beyond psychology to the real plans. I wanted to cover the real tools that could help you build a better future for yourself and your family. I wanted a handbook, a blueprint, an owner's manual for the new economy. And so as I began to reassociate to the power of a book, I thought, I need to put these answers in a form that's available to everyone. And with today's technology, this book has a few great advantages to help push you along the way. 
It has electronic segments where you can go online and see some of these men and women I've interviewed or hear their words. We have an app that's designed to trigger you to walk through the seven simple steps so you don't just learn the ideas, but you follow through and get the financial freedom you really deserve. And by the way, when I began this adventure, many people told me I was crazy. Many so-called experts and even some friends warned me that I was nuts to try to bring the complex world of finance to a wide audience. Even my publisher begged me to write about anything else. But I knew I could pull it off if I found the best voices to guide the way. Most of the people I've interviewed here do not give interviews, or if they do them, they're extremely rare. They might speak in Davos, Switzerland, the World Economic Forum, or for the Council on Foreign Relations. But bringing their knowledge to the general population and their voices has never been done. Sharing their critical insights in a way that anyone could act on became the mission of this book. How do I make it work? I'm very fortunate. Today, I'm honored to have great relationships with some of the most influential people literally in the world. Friends in high places who are willing to make a few calls on my behalf. And before long, I found doors opening to me and I was getting access literally to the masters of the game. Welcome to the jungle, Guns and Roses. So where do I start? I decided to start with a person that most people have never even heard of, even though he's been called the Steve Jobs of investing. But ask any of the world's financial leaders, whether they're the chairwoman of the Federal Reserve or the head of an investment bank or the President of the United States, they all know about Ray Dalio. They read his weekly briefing. Why? Because governments call to ask him what to do and how to invest their money. Same with some of the largest pension funds and insurance companies in the world. Ray is the founder of Bridgewater Associates, the world's largest hedge fund with $160 billion in assets under management, or AUM as they call it. You're going to learn terms along the way here. AUM, assets under management. It's just how much money he's managing. All this, by the way, he's doing at a time when a large hedge fund might have $15 billion. So he's 10 times their size. And by the way, what does it take to work with Ray Dalio? Well, maybe this is why you haven't heard of him. You have to have a net worth of $5 billion initially, and your initial investment has to be $100 million minimum to get in the door. But today, don't even bother trying, because he won't take your money or anybody else's at this point, no matter how much money you have. He's closed his fund. Now, Ray Dalio comes from a really unlikely background. He was born in Queens, New York, to a jazz musician father and a homemaker mom. He started as a caddy who picked up his first stock tips at the local golf course. Now he's worth about $14 billion and is the 31st richest man in the United States. How'd he do it? I had to find out. Here's a man whose pure alpha fund, according to Barron's, has lost money only three times in 20 years. And in 2010, he produced a 40% return for his key clients. Over the life of the fund that he launched in 1991, he's produced a 21% compounded annual return before fees. If there's anyone I wanted to ask, can the average investor still make money in this crazy volatile market with high-frequency trading and all the other crazy stuff, it was Ray. So when Ray told me, quote, there's no question you can still win, end quote, I was all ears. How about you? It's not easy to get access to Ray Dalio, but as it turns out, Ray already knew who I was and was a fan of my work for more than 20 years. One afternoon, I sat down with him in his surprisingly modest home on the wooded island off the Connecticut coast. He got right to the point telling me that individual investors like you can win, but only if you don't try to beat the pros at their own game. Quote, what they gotta know, Tony, is you can win, he said, but you can't do it by trying to beat the system. 
You don't even want to try. I have 1,500 employees and 40 years of experience, and it's a tough game for me. This is a poker game with the best poker players on earth, he said. Now, Ray is 65 years old, and he speaks with a soft New York accent that I could never duplicate, and he uses his hands like a conductor when he talks. He reminded me that poker, like investing in the markets, is what he calls a zero-sum game. In other words, for every winner, there's going to be losers. Quote, as soon as you're in that game, you're not just playing poker against the guys across the table. It's a world game, Tony, and only a small percentage of the people make money in it. They make a lot. They may take money away from those who are not as good at the game, he said. So I'd say to your investors, the average guy, you don't want to try to be in that game. So I asked Ray, look, if you're telling me that they can't compete in this game, should people be thinking twice about letting someone else play for them? What about their broker, their wealth advisor, or a mutual fund manager who they say tells them they can get better returns? Ray told me, quote, you think you're going to a doctor, but they're not doctors, he told me. We're trained to throw our total faith into doctors and do whatever they tell us without thinking, hoping they have all the answers. But Ray Dalio says the typical money managers are not going to help you win because they don't have the skills or the resources to play in the big game either. Quote, if they did, you wouldn't have access to them, Ray said. He said to me this, quote, the Olympics is easy compared to what we do, Ray said. This is more competitive. You can go to your broker dealer and you think you have to say, is this a smart guy? He might be smart. He might care about you. But you've got to ask a different question. How many gold medals has he won? See, you have to be very, very careful because there's so many people who give you advice, but they have to be good enough to be able to take the money away from the best people in the game, and most of them can't. So what's the answer, Ray? Quote, instead of trying to compete, you've got to learn there is a passive way to win. There's a way to not put all your eggs in one basket. It's a system to protect you against all the downsides, because the best investors know one thing, Tony, they know they're going to be wrong no matter how smart they are, end quote. Wait a second, Ray Dalio, who gets compounded returns of 20% per year, can still be wrong? Quote, that's right, Tony, I'm going to be wrong, he said. We're all going to be wrong, so you've got to set up a system that protects you for when you're wrong, end quote. So at the end of nearly three hours together, it was time to ask the big question. I said, Ray, what is that system? And Ray said to me, Tony, the last time I took money, you had to have five billion dollar net worth and get access to my knowledge, and the minimum investment was a hundred million. It's really complex and it changes a lot. I said, Come on, Ray, I know that. <laughs> I knew that about you. You just told me though that nobody's going to win by going to their local wealth manager or broker. So I know you care about people. If you couldn't pass on any of your money, Ray, if all you could do is share a set of principles or a portfolio or a system that will allow them to make money in good times and bad, tell me what would it look like and what would that look like for the average investor? We went back and forth a bit, and in the end, guess what? I got him laughing, and the man is an incredibly generous soul, and he started walking me through the sample ideal portfolio. He shared with me the exact investment mix that would help you maximize your returns with what he believes is the least amount of downside in any market you might see today or in the future. Now, by the way, if I use the word portfolio, if you're not familiar with that term, it's just a collection of diverse investments. It's a way to put together your finances in a way where you maximize your financial returns and you try to limit your downside by not investing in one thing, but diversifying, a diversified portfolio, if you will. 
Now, Ray revealed to me a simple system of what to invest in and what percentages and the exact amounts for each of these investments. Now, when I left him, I was shaking with excitement. And when we went back with professionals and they took the formula and they back-tested us, they found by using a strategy, you would have made money 85% of the time over the last 30 years, from 1984 to 2013. It only lost money four times in 30 years. And you know what? One of those losses was 0.03%, which is basically break-even. His biggest loss was 3.93, just under 4%, and that was in 2008 when the market from peak to trough was down 51%. Imagine being successful 85% of the time making money, and the few times you're not, your average loss was only 1.9%. I mean, if you had the opportunity to go to Vegas and someone told you you could be successful 85% of the time, and when you lost, you'd only lose 1.9% on average, how much would you invest? How often would you invest? See, this is truly amazing. And over that time, the average rate of return compounded is just under 10% per year, and that's after all fees. This is the investment plan, by the way, that you can set up for yourself. And it's only one of the systems from the world's greatest investors that you're going to learn here in Section 6 of this book called Invest Like the .001%, not the 1%. I call that section the Billionaire's Playbook. Now, I know you want to jump right ahead right now and turn me off and look up that portfolio, but please, let me remind you, there are seven simple steps you have to follow to make this work. If you haven't figured out where you're going to get the money to invest, if you haven't figured out what your goals are, if you don't know what the rules of the game are, then access to the best portfolio in the world will really be worthless. So please stay with me. Let's stay in sequence. There really is a method to my madness. Now, how valuable is this information from Ray Dalio? Well, if others have paid $5 billion to get access to it, and it's only going to cost you the price of this book or audio program, then that's not a bad return on your investment, is it? But i got to tell you something. As exciting as it was to learn his investment system, what I found most interesting about Ray was how he looks at the world. He sees it as a jungle, and his life is a constant, exhilarating battle that he storms through that jungle with. He told me, quote, The way I look at life, Tony... We all have something we want, something that represents a greater quality of life. But to get there, you have to go through this jungle filled with challenge. If you pass through it, you get to have the life you desire and deserve. It's like I'm on the other side of the jungle, he told me, and you could have this terrific job, a terrific life, if you can cross that jungle. But there's all these dangerous things, and they could kill you. So do you stay on one side and have a safe life, or do you go into the jungle? How do you approach that problem? Well, Ray goes into the jungle with very smart and trusted friends, not alone. He has them side by side with him, and he's always asking the question, quote, what don't I know? That's the key thing, he said. Quote, what's been very successful for me throughout my whole life is to not be arrogant about knowing, but to embrace the fact that I have weaknesses, and I don't know a lot about this and that and the other thing. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, and the more effective you'll become. Is that ever the truth? <laughs> Frankly, I'm a living example because when I went into this book, I was thinking I knew what I was doing. After all, I had decades of experience, one of the greatest investors in the history of the world. But during my four-year quest to meet the best investors on earth, all of them, the very top 50, I got to tell you, I was humbled over and over again by how much I didn't know. And I found something interesting. Unlike the talking heads who claim to have all the answers that you see on TV or on the internet, 
The best investors on earth are essentially humble. Like Ray Dalio, they'll tell you what they think, and then they'll admit they could be wrong. Riches are not the end of life, but an instrument of life. Henry Ward Beecher As my journey continued, I found my mission was evolving. At each stop along the way, I was discovering tools, opportunities, and investment products available to ultra-wealthy people that the average person never even hears about. And ironically, some of the best ones have very little risk or limited risk, what these great investors call asymmetrical risk-reward. I know it's a mouthful, but it just means they get big upside potential for very little downside exposure or risk. And that's what the smart money lives for. It was really exciting for me to find out about these opportunities and take advantage of some of them myself because at this stage of my life, I'm old enough and fortunate enough and well-off enough financially to have those choices. But my sons and daughters don't, some of my closest friends don't, and most importantly, likely neither do you unless you've got tens of millions stashed away and you're just listening to this to see where Ray Dalio puts his money. Very possible, I guess. So listen. I changed my path from being a passive information gatherer in the world of investing to becoming a passionate advocate for my friends and readers and listeners. I just didn't want to come to you and tell you about something that wealthy people get to do. I wanted to open up those opportunities so you could take advantage of them, so that anyone could. So I looked for companies that have been focused exclusively on serving ultra-wealthy people, and then I worked to convince them to create new opportunities for investors at any economic level and at any age level. I've worked here to highlight their services, and in some cases, I've even gone all in and partnered with them to help create new products that will be available to you for the very first time. But what I'm most proud of is that I've persuaded many of them to open up their services for people who are not wealthy, but even more importantly, for free. In fact, in this book, you're going to learn about a revolutionary strategic venture between two firms, Stronghold Financial and Hightower, the fifth largest investment advisory firm in the United States. This is a firm that provides transparent, conflict-free advice. Unfortunately, that's unique in the financial world we are today, and they do it for the ultra-wealthy. They'll now provide that same extraordinary planning advice at no charge for you, regardless of how much money you have to invest. You're going to learn how to access a complimentary online platform that allow you to test drive your broker and see what you're truly paying. Are you overpaying and underperforming? You're going to know probably for the first time. Because most of this is made so complex in legalese that there's no way for us to figure it out. But their site will do it. I'm really hoping this could be the beginning of a sea change in the world of personal finance and a real leveling of the playing field for the first time. Now, you got to be asking yourself, why in the world would a big company like Hightower or Stronghold do this? Well, first, it's the right thing to do. That's how I promoted and pushed them on this. I said, look, people need to know what they're truly paying for. There's very few industries on earth where you could buy the same item and one person pays 30 times more for it. And that happens every day in the mutual fund and stock world. Secondly, Hightower and Stronghold both know that people with lots of money didn't always start out with lots of money. It's the secret to wealth, remember? Do more for others than anybody else does. And if Hightower and Stronghold do this for you at this stage of your life, then they're betting you won't forget them in the future. Maybe you'll become a raving fan and a loyal client forever. So you get the help you need today for no money, and they get a future client. That's financial synergy, an opportunity to create an elusive win-win that you rarely see in the world of Wall Street. Kindness in words creates confidence. 
Kindness in thinking creates profoundness. Kindness in giving creates love. Lao Tzu One of the greatest gifts of mastering the game is not only being able to win, but to have enough to make a difference for others. No matter how difficult our situation may be, I can tell you there's always people out there who are suffering more. When someone creates wealth, I believe it's his or her privilege, I believe his or her responsibility to give back to those who are just beginning the journey or those who have experienced tragedies that have knocked them off the path. I'll share with you the story a little later about my family because we were the recipient of a simple act of kindness and that literally changed my life. It was simple an act of someone providing food at a time when we desperately needed it and it really helped shape who I am today and what drives me. So for many decades now, I've been paying it forward, working to give back by feeding more than 2 million people a year through my Anthony Robbins Foundation. And for the last few years, my wife and I have personally matched all those contributions. So today, I'm proud to say that a kid who started with no food himself personally helps 4 million people a year to feel cared for and fed. In fact, in total, over the last 37 and a half years, almost 38 years now, I've had the honor to feed 42 million people. So I had a goal. I want to use this book as a vehicle to help you develop enough wealth, both physical and emotional and financial wealth, so that you can be a force for good through your own economic contributions as well. I know it might take time, but I will tell you this. If you won't give a dime out of a dollar, you're not going to give a million out of 10 million, much less a 100 million out of a billion. The time to give is now. When I had nothing is when I began this process. And the reward when you give, even at times when you think you have very little, is you teach your brain that there's more than enough. You can leave scarcity behind and move towards a world of abundance if you can give even a little bit when you think you can't. So I'd like to get you started on the path. And as you listen to this, I want you to know you're not only helping yourself create a financial future, but you're going to help those 17 million American children who face hunger every night. How? I made a decision to do more in one year than I've done in my entire lifetime of feeding people. So in the name of my readers and my listeners, at the time of this publication, I'm donating 50 million meals for men, women, and children who suffer in this country from homelessness or just from hunger. And you'd be surprised who those people are. Yes, some of them are scarred by memories of serving in war, and some are mentally or physically challenged. But millions are people just like you and me who had a normal life and then the loss of a job or a health problem, or a family loss pushed them over the edge to where they couldn't meet their financial obligations. And listen, most Americans are only a few lost paychecks away from insolvency. So I decided to do this. And by the way, I'm not doing this as a book promotion. This book is going out. I'm not waiting to see how many books are sold. I'm writing the check up front because I'm committed and because I want to inspire others to do what they can as well. So together, let's both you and I reach out and help. In fact, as I was writing this book, Congress slashed $8.7 billion from what used to be the food stamp budget. To give you perspective, that means every family that they've served in the past now needs to go without a meal one week out of the month for 12 months. This is insane. I've witnessed firsthand the impact this has had on volunteers and nonprofit organizations that are always already working to fight against hunger, and that's why I put up 50 million meals. But I'm using my influence to get people to pay attention and I'm using it to get matching funds so that hopefully we can feed 100 million people. You're welcome to join in and help. But know this, because you bought this book, because you're listening to it, you're personally feeding 50 million people. My hope is by the end of the book, you'll be inspired to make some small direct donation on your own as well. 
I have information in the last chapter on how you can use your spare change, literally, to help change the world. And there are so many simple and enjoyable ways in which you can give and create a legacy that you can be proud of and that your family can enjoy being a part of as well. Well, that's quite a full chapter, isn't it? I know it's a lot, but hopefully it didn't feel too long. Do I have you hooked on what's really possible for your life right now? Can you imagine what it would feel like to take yourself from where you are today to where you really want to be? What would it be like to have your experience of money no longer be a source of stress, but rather a feeling of excitement or even pride? I want to make you a promise. I promise you, the feelings you'll have after you conquer this area of your life will create a momentum like very few things else in your life. Because when financial success is turned around, you'll start to think about and focus on the things that are even more important. Are you ready? And one final note. If you listen this far, I want to compliment you because, unfortunately, you're in the top 10% of people that buy a nonfiction book. That's right. Statistics show that fewer than 10% of the people who buy a book that is a nonfiction book ever get past the first chapter. How insane is that? Now, I wrote this book to be simple, but also I wanted to give you the opportunity to go deep to master this game, to arm you with the skills that will allow you to master your financial world once and for all, today and for years and decades to come. It's not meant to be a, quote, little red book of investing. So I want to invite you right now. I want to challenge you. I know there's so much in your life that can distract you. Commit yourself right now to take the full journey with me. I promise you, if you do, the rewards you'll reap will last for decades to come. But first... Let me give you a quick overview on what it'll take to have an income for the rest of your life. A paycheck that gives you the life you have today or a lifestyle that's even better than today without ever having to work another day of your life. Because once you achieve that, you'll only work because you want to. Let's grab an outline for the road ahead. Let's discover the seven simple steps to financial freedom. Turn the page and let's rock.